is KGMI Connects with Joe Tian, a live local show about our community and you on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Well, happy Monday to you. Glad to have you with us here on KGMI Connects, our open lines, open ideas program. 360-676-5464 is our phone number. We hope you'll join us and join in the conversation and take it whatever direction you'd like with whether, uh, whatever topic you want to discuss here on KGMI Connects. It's a magical hour, and you can be part of it. <laughs> we hope you will. Once again, 360-676-5464. And this past week, I, I heard a number of references to a, a quote-unquote study. Well, it's really an opinion piece that uh, is posted on the Washington Policy Center, that a conservative think tank that seems to have a particular dislike for any kind of social programs, which is their their prerogative, of course. But this was about the paid family and medical leave uh, program here in Washington State. And um, basically... This is the it. It's class warfare. You're fomenting class warfare. I would say this this article by Elizabeth Hovde, policy analyst and director of the Centers for Healthcare and Workers' Rights. She points out that uh, the different um, wage levels, uh, wage earners, and, and the amount uh, of percentage, I should say, of of uh, dollars from this program that are going to these different uh, wage earners. Uh, so those who earn up to 18% are, I'm sorry, those who earn up to $18 per hour received uh, 22 or received 12%. And this is uh, July, 2022 through this past June received 12% of the payout from this program. Those earning between 18 and $24 per hour received 21%, 24 to $35 per hour, 26%. 35 to $61 per hour, 26%, and more than $61 an hour, which is pretty handsome wage, I'll, I'll agree. They, they uh, received 16% of the payout here. But what this whole quote-unquote analysis fails to uh, point out is that uh, different wage levels, you receive different benefits for when you, when you earn different amounts. For instance, if you go on unemployment, uh, you receive unemployment uh, uh, benefits. If you're a high-wage earner, you get a bigger check than you do if you are a low-wage earner. If you earn minimum wage, you're going to get a check that's much smaller than someone who earns $25 or $30 an hour. And just to assume that someone who earns on a regular basis when they're regularly employed between $24 and $35 an hour can suddenly lose that paycheck, lose that income, and be perfectly fine without any benefit is, uh, is a pretty broad leap of, of faith. Um, and that, uh, you know, that a program like this should be simply reserved for those earning $18 or less per hour or whatever. Uh, those, folk, those folks, obviously, they're, you know, because people, regardless of how much you make, you have expenses, and people who make more money generally have much higher expenses. So I guess you're saying that, uh, well, you know, you make a pretty good living. So if you suddenly find yourself, you know, you have a new child that you want to bond with, you know, tough luck. Keep going to work or else not be able to pay for your 
you know, higher price mortgage or your, your bigger car payment, what have you. And the thing about a program like this, too, is if it is only a program for the needy or the poor or low-income folks, however you want to classify them, uh, those are those are the low-hanging fruit when it times the, when it comes time to start cutting the budget, and we see that all the time. So, programs that simply benefit uh, low-income folks, um, yeah, sorry, we just we have to save money. We have to cut the budget, and it, the cuts have to come somewhere. But if it's a program that benefits everyone, pretty much, it's harder to cut those because there are more people that have a vested interest in them. Just pointing that out, plus the people who do earn higher wages are paying more. In They pay the same percentage, but because they bring home a, high, a bigger paycheck, they pay more into the program. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, I, I just find this article pretty mean-spirited, to be honest with you. But that's my thought for the day and <laughs> what our program's all about. Your thoughts, and uh, let's get rolling here. Let's start with our friend Jim in Bellingham. And, Jim, you wanted to talk about Nicole Wallace. Yeah, so say so, uh ask you how you're doing, obligatory, not not in a bad way. Okay. <laughs> so I'll march on. Oh, uh, yeah, I watched Nicole Wallace every uh, quite a bit uh, before I call the show. Uh, the one thing that may be of interest but not necessarily desperation, uh, I don't advocate for that either because our civil society is our power. Uh, I'll get to that if you let me. Uh, but she was saying with Andrew Weissman, a very uh, profound legal expert there, that it may not be an insurrection uh, likely charge against uh, George, uh, excuse me, Donald Trump. So I put a question mark beside that because I don't know that for sure. But if it is, uh, then it may be harder to keep Donald Trump from running as a in the presidential uh, race next year. So just remember, though, Nicole Wallace was a press reporter, press secretary in George W. Bush's White House, and he was the, the one that a lot of people didn't like so well. He lied to get us into the Iraq War and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, And then I'll go to Noam Chomsky, who says, uh, if you're looking for hope, it's not at the presidential level or the secretary of state. It's in church groups in Kansas, and as I mentioned before, our civil societies are power. So we should be cognizant of that. Uh, and uh, another thing I wanted to just mention was that Gorky Dahl, I quote a lot uh, in one of his essay books here, he warns us against what uh, any uh, demagogue that's coming down the path may have. He says, thus Lincoln warns us against Lincoln, the great man of history at Thurston burns for distinction and this is paraphrasing the last part. It says, the great man of history, might he be inclined to free all slaves or enslave all free men? So pretty much on the, on the, on the, on the, right on spot is Gore Vidal. One other thing, as a band I've mentioned, Young Fresh Fellows, I'll say this just to encourage people. It, the, the lyric he says on one of the songs, he says, I've got so much foolish trust, and I know that you can never take all of us. And uh, I'll leave you with that. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jim. Uh, let's go to Michael in Bellingham. Hi, Michael. Hey, good afternoon, Joe. Yeah. What, what's on your mind today? Hey, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this or takes uh, pays as much attention, but property taxes in our area, um, I don't know if anybody else has looked, but we recently got our evaluations, and mine went up 
Last mm. year was 20%, and the year before that was 15%. Um, I know a lot of people that that is really going to infect, including myself. And uh, I don't know. I just hope people will keep that in mind when they uh, see on the ballots that they want to raise property taxes and do new initiatives. Uh, they're already getting more and more every year. And when you tack on top of that, uh, I'm not saying we don't need voter, uh, property taxes, but uh, – they're going the rate they're going up is going to be pretty unsustainable for a lot of folks in our area. All right, yeah, uh, yeah, and especially uh, folks on fixed income for sure. Hey, absolutely. All right, thanks, Michael. Hey, pre- appreciate the time, Joe. Yeah, Have a good th- one. Yeah, you too. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Michelle in Bellingham. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Joe. Before I tell you that you're 100% correct in what you said in your intro, um, I'd already studied that report, and it was full of uh, beans. Um, (laughs) I'll be be nice. Um, (laughs) I just want to say that the uh, previous gentleman who called makes a good point. Uh, Property valuations have skyrocketed in part because all over western Washington, people are fleeing Seattle like crazy in Tacoma and other places that have a lawless uh, atmosphere. Um, They're fleeing like crazy and going up to places where they can only hope that the police will have some semblance of control and can still, you know, control criminals to a point. Um, And Bellingham is one of those places. I've talked to the cops about it a million times in my role as Lady Law, a voice of reason, and they, they agree with me that a lot of the people they see up here are newcomers. I think we're close to 100,000 people in Bellingham now, mm-hmm. and the traffic sure shows it. I've never seen such traffic in the 25-plus years I've been back here. Uh, it gets you know worse every year, and I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's a fact of life. Uh-huh. Uh, what I also wanted to mention before I talk about your wisdom, you're going to love me today, Joe. Oh, okay, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to say that on Emma on the radio, uh, on the news before you came on, said that there was uh, only about 20% of registered voters have voted. And uh, I know that's true because I almost nobody I know has voted. And we all know that given our system, um, you know, if you don't vote early, you know, you're either, you know, you can make an excuse that you're crazy busy, but if you don't vote early, you're usually not too interested. And I, I would say over half the adults I know tell me they just don't feel it makes any difference if they vote. And they got terribly discouraged during the Trump years, and that's what it boiled down to. So um, it said 100, she said 125,000 ballots remain uncast. And of course, we know in in, uh, local elections like this, it's a a far lower turnout than in the presidential election. But on the other hand, it also has a far more greater impact than a presidential election does on our city and our lives. Mm -hmm. In this case, there are quite a few things that have an impact, Um, you know, not just the politicians running, but also the uh, jail issue is just vital to restoring the Bellingham that you and I knew when we came here. And, you know, we want a peaceful town where um, people are booked into jail when needed and given the chance to go straight if you look them in the eye and they say they want to. I'm all for that. Um, You know, I I believe in confronting criminals. I've done that a lot myself. And, you know, it's very important to challenge them and say, look, do you or don't you want a good life? 
that kind of thing. But anyway, back to what you said. Now, what you said. So anyway, people vote. Okay. Yeah, uh, I agree. Anyway, uh, anyway, here's something. Oh, we agree a lot today. Yeah. Here's another thing. <laughs> here's another thing. You're absolutely right about that ridiculous report from the Washington. Now, normally I agree with the Washington Policy Center, especially on the a- absolutely absurd Inslee climate uh, thing about gas taxes being more than 50 cents extra. That's just not doing a darn bit of good, and it's ridiculous. But other than the Washington Policy Center can give you chapter and verse on that. But the Washington Policy Center's report, you are 100 percent correct, because the average person who makes, uh, you know, minimum wage or not much more than minimum wage, granted, it's a lot more than it used to be because it's so much more expensive to live here, and we don't have time to go into all that stuff. But I'm just saying, honey, that you can't imagine how the people who make low wages, and I'm not referring to high school or college workers, Uh I'm talking about people in their 20s or 30s or 40s. Now, they're not necessarily bad people, don't get me wrong, but many of them are very uneducated, very unambitious, mainly want to live these rather uh, lives of drugs and drink and other things. And they basically, anybody who's 40 years old that's making minimum wage is essentially not trying very hard at all. And all I I can say is that, you know, they just aren't. They aren't trying hard. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, they could be entering back into the workforce and being in that position. People who've been working for twenty years. I'm not talking about re-entering. Sorry, I didn't mean to. You're you're right, but I'm just saying that most people. Let's just say most people who make minimum wage when they're older, middle-aged type type people, they just haven't tried very hard. Unless, like you point out, well, you make a good point when you say they're coming back. But my point is. People who are essentially, shall we say, um, not trying hard, I guess for the lack of, I don't want to insult anybody, Uh, if they're not trying hard, they don't deserve the kind of benefits that people who say make a seventy-five or a hundred or one hundred and fifty thousand—I'm talking about mostly families here, not just one, single people—but anybody who's who's trying hard, has worked twenty years, did what I did, and got promoted, you know, many times over the years, and eventually worked up to what would be a hundred G's today, which wasn't much at the time in Palo Alto, but still, I paid the bills. And the point is that that uh, you know. It, when I got benefits, I earned those benefits, every penny of it. And I didn't apply for many. I, I was unemployed once for a couple of months when the corporation closed down. Okay. But other than that, you know, I just believe you're 100% correct because people who make 50, 75, 100, they deserve benefits, just like you said. It's utterly ridiculous to say that most of it should go to the lowest income people. Those people deserve help. They do deserve some things. They mostly need to be told, hey, straighten up and fly right and get some ambition in your spine. But even that, um, you know, well, I and think— And my uh, point was, too, that someone who makes a, a healthy wage and, you know, good for them and— they have family members who get fall ill and have uh, That's right. get into difficult situations, and they have they have children, they have babies. Shouldn't they be able to take some time away to to bond with the baby and take part in this program and 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 be, still be able to pay their their bills? That just Thank yeah, I mean you, to Joe. say that they shouldn't. I I think that's cruel. <laughs> and it's like, uh, but yeah, okay. Thanks, Michelle. I'm glad we we agree on most things today. 
Yeah. All right. And uh, I do agree with Michelle. And I'm I'm a late voter. And I think I hope that we'll see a big uh, boost in the number of uh, ballots turned in today and tomorrow. I'll get mine in. I'll try to get it in this evening and uh, into the Dropbox. Don't try, I wouldn't try to mail it at this point just to make sure you get the – I mean, if you can, get it to a Dropbox. Uh, that's going to be the, the best way to ensure that uh, your vote is counted. And we will have election coverage. We'll give you an initial count tomorrow evening. usually comes out just after 8 o'clock, and we'll get it right on the air and um, keep you up to date on uh, – as the ballots are counted as they uh, come in over the ensuing days. But we'll take a quick break. Be back with more. we got other folks on the line to get right to you and to everyone here on KGMI Connects. How safe do you feel? Fentanyl has crept into our schools and our community. Children, friends, and neighbors, this affects us all. And I'm frustrated with the lack of urgency regarding this crisis. I'm Hannah Ortis, and as your next Whatcom County Council member, I am committed to having hard conversations so that we can find real solutions. Our most vulnerable are depending on us to put people over politics. This is my home, and I will represent each and every one of us. I'm Hannah Ortis, and I ask for your vote this November. Paid for by Hannah for Whatcom. Dedicated to service, shining a light on local individuals, law enforcement, and groups giving back to our community. Brought to you by Niederhaus of Luxury in Bellingham. Dedicated to Service congratulates Allied Arts of Whatcom County upon their selection this year for the Community Impact Award. Allied Arts of Whatcom County is one of nine honorees of the 2023 Governor's Arts and Heritage Awards, the highest honor bestowed by the Governor's Office for accomplishments in arts and culture. Active since 1979, the staff and volunteers of Allied Arts of Whatcom County empower artists via events and gallery space, enrich school children through education outreach, and work as local liaisons to art and enthusiasts of all ages. Congratulations to all and thank you for your service to our community. Dedicated to Service is brought to you by Neater House of Luxury with Bellingham's finest selection of jewelry including GIA certified diamonds and lab grown diamonds and custom design. Neater House of Luxury, 21 Bellwether Way, Suite 107, next to Lombardi's back patio. What are you going to do for Thanksgiving? I know one thing, I'm going to prepare the turkey. Oh yeah? How are you going to do it? You ever use the blowtorch method? No. How does that work? See, here's what you do. You get yourself the blowtorch, and you get a turkey. And this is where things get complicated. Does it do a good job? It's so juicy. You just peel off all the blackened skin, and voila! How long's that take? Ah, about seven hours, depending on the size of your bird. Standing there with the blowtorch the whole time? Nah, I'll get the kids to help. But your kids are three and five. When it comes to preparing the Thanksgiving turkey, there's a new method every year. But one thing never changes. The joy of being with those you love. So this Thanksgiving, however you choose to prepare your turkey, get to the airport the traditional way, on Bel Air Airport or Shuttle. Avoid paying high fuel prices, parking, and the worst traffic of the year. Sit back, relax, and watch the frenzied world from inside Airporter's luxury motor coach. With enough round trips daily, you'll find the one that's just right for you. Visit airporter.com today. That's airporter.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects. 360-676-5464. Appreciate you joining us here on this Monday, and we do hope to hear from you. Whatever's on your mind, Rich in Ferndale joins us. Hi, Rich. How's it going today, Joe? Doing all right. Doing all right. What are you, what are you thinking about today? Well, what you opened the show with, it was good to do. You did So you did some critical thinking there and looked at the whole aspect of an issue. Of an issue. Oh, thank and you. We should, we, we should do that with everything. You should yeah. also apply that same logic to the disproportionate incarceration rate of black people in this country 
because it's crime that drives the incarceration rate. And unfortunately, the numbers say that disproportionate number of black people commit crime. So all the aspects and all the things we look at in life, we should have a holistic look at it. Why is it? You know, why is it that blacks are uh, incarcerated at higher rates? Well, because of the crime rate. The incarceration rate follows the crime rate. It just does. So it's, okay. I'm glad you did that. We just got to apply it to everything now. Well, and, and you know, I, look, and look I, at the holistic approach. Okay. Um, and what you're saying is, I, I, I suppose, is, is true to a degree. Although I think it's fair to say, I think it's fair to say, just expressing my, my thoughts here. Sure. But uh, that uh, that blacks and other minorities are looked at and treated differently by the the criminal justice system. That they're given less of an opportunity to rehabilitate. Or and and by and large, I mean many more black families live in poverty. Poverty is a is a it's an issue that creates that creates a, a, a well. The conditions are ripe for crime to occur, regard you know whether it's drug use or drug sales or other types of crime. I mean, uh, in, you know, po- impoverished uh, impoverished communities are uh, ripe pickings well, for anybody who might can get out of poverty. If if you go to school and work hard, you can get out of poverty. Poverty anybody can. It's not a victimhood mentality, but that's what we're you're uh, describing here is that. They don't have a chance, which is absolutely the unfairest thing we could say about any minority person. They have just as much chance as anybody else. Go to school, and there's scholarships available. There's all kinds of help out there. If you have good grades, you can get into college for free. And with the quota system and the affirmative action, you actually have a better chance statistically of getting in because the colleges want to check the box on we have a diverse bunch of students it's not all white kids so you know we're good they want a virtue signal so, so you have a better chance of getting in when there's yeah i mean single single yep. digit percentages of of minority students in many colleges and and i mean the supreme court recently threw out the, the you know the uh, ability of colleges and universities other public institutions of using anything that resembles affirmative action so i think that's that's a, that's a stretch but for a long time, that was that was the case. That's how it worked. You wanted to have, you wanted to appear diverse. See, everything in America now is about appearances. Mm. Facts are kind of like they'll cherry pick facts to fit a narrative. You see that okay. with studies, just like the study you mentioned at the very beginning. They have a certain opinion, so they find the facts that match it. And I'm I'm guessing everything they said was factually correct, but they omitted other aspects related to the study, which happens all the time on the left too, and all the stuff mm. you hear on TV. It's, they don't say anything 100% wrong, but they leave stuff out, which completely changes how something is viewed. Just like well, the Paul Pelosi thing. You know, this guy was attacked. But wait a minute. They talked a half an hour before he raised the hammer, and he didn't raise the hammer till the police were there and the body cameras were there. So there is more to the story. There is a personal connection with these people that we'll never know about because it's going to be hidden because these are elitist government people and we'll never know the whole story. So oh, critical so thinking think it, is super important. Okay. All right. So the Paul Pelosi thing, I, I here's an 80-some-year-old man attacked by a guy with a hammer. I think the, the regardless of what the circumstances were surrounding that, there's the, the, the a crime was committed and, and a pretty despicable crime. And I don't know where you're going with that, but well, I appreciate it, Rich. Well, we got other folks on the line. I've got to take a quick break. We'll be back with more here on KGMI Connects 360-676-5464. I want to feel safe. 
I think we can all agree that feeling safe in our homes and communities should be a top priority. That's why this election for Whatcom County Sheriff is so important to me. Our sheriff's office oversees law enforcement, emergency management, and the jail. It's the lead local law enforcement agency working to rid our community of fentanyl dealers and their deadly poison. That's why I'm supporting Under Sheriff Doug Chadwick for Sheriff. As a lifelong resident with 29 years of experience in the Sheriff's Office, Doug knows Whatcom County and what makes each community unique. He's endorsed by Sheriff Elfo and more than 60 local law enforcement professionals and numerous leaders in public safety. To me, this speaks volumes about his character. We have a good Sheriff's Office now with a reputation for excellence. Let's keep it that way. Join me in voting Doug Chadwick for sheriff on November 7th. Paid for by Vote Doug Chadwick. Your kitchen, the heart of your home, where you gather for conversation and enjoying time with friends and family. Is your kitchen tired, well-loved, in need of an update? Westside Building Supplies' extensive offering from Canyon Creek Cabinet Company can give you the kitchen you've always wanted. The experience and friendly staff is ready to help from design to installation. My wife and I love to entertain and wanted an updated kitchen that met our needs. Shopping for new cabinets can feel overwhelming, and we really appreciate the way Tara listened to our needs, provided great insight, design options, and walked us through the entire process, offered suggestions for efficiency and function, and even emailed us a 3D image of what our new kitchen would look like. The installation was smooth and efficient. We love our new kitchen and would highly recommend Westside to anyone looking for new cabinets. Reimagine your kitchen with Canyon Creek Cabinets from Westside. Stop in today on The Guide in Linden and at westsidebuildingsupply.com. Hi, this is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions, formerly Vibrant USA. If you are on Medicare or if you and your family are on individual health insurance, the time to call us is now. You have a short window of time each year to review your health insurance coverage. To be sure you have the most cost-effective coverage for 2024, give Guided Solutions a call at 866-733-5111 and our helpful agents will be happy to assist you. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Tired of inefficient heating, poor indoor air quality, and rising energy bills? Contact West Mechanical today to explore going ductless with a system from Mitsubishi Electric Heating and Air Conditioning. Find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects, 360-676-5464. Good to have you with us here on this Monday afternoon. Go to Robert in Bellingham. Hi, Robert. Hello. I got quite a few things to bring up. One is I worked close to minimum wage most of my life. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, lay lay about. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm teasing. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that laziness, even though, or bad, because there's other values besides just climbing the corporate ladder or All making right. money. Okay. Uh, like volunteering um, and art and all kinds of things. I, I think I had a pretty good life and contributed in a lot of different ways to the community and still do. Right. So okay. if you can get by with that. Uh, another thing I was thinking about is just when the evaluations go up, the property 
values are so high in this area that um, it doesn't necessarily mean the taxes automatically go up in lockstep because if all the values go up together, uh, how much you pay is based on how much your property is worth relative to the other properties. So the total taxes is kind of complicated, but I think the total tax is based on how much the districts, like school districts and the county and all of that, how big their budget is. So when, when the values go up, it doesn't mean that the taxes automatically go up. They go up based on the budget instead. Yeah, and then I, the ta- there's a formula. It's not directly tied. That you're right, but I suppose I suspect. I, I mean, I I I would bet my bottom dollar that they're tied to you know one degree or another to the property values, and and that the, yeah. that's, that law probably ties those those tax rates to the value of properties. You couldn't value, you know, you couldn't tax people at the rate they, you know, when uh, what property was worth 30 years ago or something like that. Yeah. I think it depends on how much you pay relative to your neighbors, how much your property is. But Mm -hmm. if everybody goes up, then you're, you're, it's based on the whole thing has to go up a little bit because uh, the budgets go up. Because when the property values go up, then the cost of living goes up, and then teachers have need more money to be able to afford to live here. So the school districts need more money, and it all has to kind of go up yeah, together. Yeah. And then another thing I was going to bring up: somebody talked about uh, a shortage of milk cartons, yeah. and there's actually a dispenser uh, for milk in cafeterias, and that is where you have glasses. Uh, you can have a big milk dispenser, and then you you fill the glasses from the milk dispenser so you don't need individual cartons. Okay. Well, I, you know, I've had a kindergartner, first grader, and all that. I, I don't know if I want them walking around with glasses of open milk, I, you know, on their tray from, the, you know, that back over to the table. I I think there would be a lot of wet cleanups in aisle uh, well, three, if you know what I mean. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but yeah, I mean, in, when I was in college in the cafeteria, we'd had the milk machine. We had the big heavy handle, you know, and the, yeah. and the white tube sticking out. And like, yep. you know, fill up your glass and then let the handle down. All right, I thanks. used that in college. Yeah, yeah, and, me too. And they, there's still a, a bag in there in that box. That right, they still right. Have to have it. I uh-huh. remember one time when I was in the cafeteria in college. It only happened once, but the bag broke, and it was chocolate milk. I used to drink a lot of chocolate milk, but the the bag broke, and so I I, I said there was a chocolate ocean in no. the in the serving area. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Robert. Good to hear from you. Let's go to Lou in Linden. Hi, Lou. Oh, hi, Joe. Yeah, back in 1978, Joe, I took a college class called Introduction to Islamic Civilizations. And one of the surprising things I learned was that Muhammad was the most brilliant military planner and strategist in the history of warfare. Hmm. And the reason is because Muhammad says, and it's in the Quran, that A soldier who risks his life or dies for Muhammad and spreading the Muslim empire to all corners of the world will receive guaranteed 72 beautiful wives and eternal life in paradise. Now compare that, Joe, to the slogan of the United States Army, be all that you can be, or the Marines, which say the few the proud, the Marines. 
No, thank you. I'll take the 72 beautiful wives and eternal life in paradise any day. So the point I'm making is simply that Americans, uh, the Israelis, Europeans, they've all underestimated the potential threat from radical jihadist Islam. And uh, it's a shame that, that this is the, what we're dealing with, but it is, and we have to devise a realistic strategy to deal with it. And unfortunately, I haven't seen any presidents come close to developing a realistic strategy to, to deal with this phenomenon. Well, I, I, I don't know what you're suggesting. Do we, do we start making promises about the afterlife to inspire people to... <laughs> Yeah, we can. I, I don't know. We can think, give it a try. If you uh, fight for the United States and the U.S. Marines, you're guaranteed, you know, a vacation resort and uh, 25. Let's just leave it at 25 gorgeous wives. How's that? Sound? Uh, okay. So the point. The point is, we have to show the Muslims that this was a great deception. One of the 99 names. This is another thing I learned. One of the 99 names of Allah in the Quran is the great deceiver. So somehow we have to convince the Muslim peoples that they've been deceived all these centuries that they will get 72 gorgeous wives and eternal life in paradise if they die fighting infidels, die fighting Buddhists and Hindus and Christians and Jews. Because unfortunately, Joe, that's exactly what they believe. That I... Now, regardless of that, I I don't think that uh, anywhere near the majority of Muslims in the world want to fight against the West or fight against the infidels or kill or harm anyone. They just want to live like anyone else, and they want to ha- have raise their families. They want to live in peace, and uh, there are those who do— harbor animosity toward us and toward, I suppose, toward infidels or what have you. But the bottom line is that most don't want to do jihad on you or me or anybody. It's it's only 7% of the Muslims who believe in the jihadist ideology, but that's 91 million people. That's 91 million Muslims. Right, but you could probably find 7% of our population that wants to go and wipe them out. I I mean... No, no, uh, no, 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 uh, no, no. no. uh, That's that's uh, nonsense, Joe. I don't know, Lou. All I can say is I I hear you saying these things and and portraying the whole Muslim world as as this monolithic... No, I said 7%, Joe, are the jihadists. Just 7%. But that's 91 million people. I don't know. I, I've I've heard some pretty awful things said about you know about what what should be done to Islam and to uh, middle countries in the Middle East and uh, countries in that region that we have um, have uh, poor relations with. I, I I don't know. I think the, I I think you'd find a lot of a lot of people that uh, you know would espouse violence against the Muslims in general. But I I'm you just can't saying, name one incident. Of a, a Muslim person here in Washington State, Western Washington, who is hurt or killed because he's a Muslim, not one. Right. Okay. Now, and I take that for to be a positive, but uh, but at the same time, I I, I I mean, what what you know the the even the terror attacks that have happened have been they haven't been six or seven percent of the Muslim world by any means. They've been you know be some, some individuals here and there. 
I, I so anyway, I'll leave it at that, Lou. Alrighty. Great, appreciate it. Uh, let's go to John in Ferndale. Hi, John. Hey, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get freaked out about Islam all over again after 9-11 because oh, yeah, Bibi I... Netanyahu, you know, the leader of Israel, dropped the ball on monitoring Hamas. I mean, you know, some of, some of the re- reports coming out are that is that the Israeli government under Netanyahu actually encouraged Hamas, right? And, like, there's the Palestinian Authority on, on the West Bank – they're more reasonable and more secular, but it's like they were they were getting better at organizing. And, you know, like I agree with something Dennis Prager said today, you know, when, when people that, that accuse Israel of genocide. Well, the Palestinian population has gone up, you know, and it's going up at a higher rate than the Israeli population of Jews. So, you know, uh, that's not true, but they certainly don't have good living conditions, and they, you know, but, you know, anyway, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a mess, and I'm just, you know, hopeful that uh, Biden and Secretary Blinken will be able to do something about it. But what I called about was, again, my good friend Rich. Okay. Hey, Joe, do you remember that really funny joke that I made when when Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh was targeted for assassination by that guy? Remember that really funny joke I made? I don't remember no, the joke. Because I don't make jokes about, about domestic violence, and I'm glad that this the guy that was going to kill uh, 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 Justice Kavanaugh, that he surrendered to authorities and came to his senses. And that's a crisis averted. But here in the Paul Pelosi case, this guy was from Canada, and he was radicalized online, Breitbart News, Alex Jones, and he's living with, like, he's crashing with with this woman who lives in a school bus. But he was a Trumper, and he was going after Paul Pelosi. And, you know, where are the uh, the apologies for? It's hammer time. The reason that he didn't call the police right away, Rich— it's because he was being held hostage. He was trying to talk to the guy to make himself more of a human being so the guy wouldn't kill him. He was hoping Nancy Pelosi would come home, and Paul was trying everything he, he could do. And, 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 and by the time the police got there, that's when he did his, his last desperate move. And that one hammer hit, Paul Pelosi still isn't the same. So, you know, okay. when, when you rejoice at this kind of domestic violence and you look at the, the kind of plans that Trump has for his Project 2025, he's going to take retribution. He's going after all the people that were in his cabinet, Bill Barr, uh, uh, General Kelly, all these people that he thinks double-crossed him, FBI Director Ray. It's like, you know, um, anyway, this Trump men, men, mentality of vendettas and retribution where is it getting us okay all right come back to come back to the love of christ okay john all right but i i'll say in in rich's defense i don't feel that he was i didn't get the the sense that he was uh, rejoicing or in any way uh or even laughing about what happened to paul pelosi but he uh, did raise questions about what actually happened i think though when a uh, an uh, elderly person is attacked in their home, regardless of whom that person is or who they may be married to. Uh, it, it, it's an awful crime, and it, it should not be mocked or made fun of. And um, and I think those are those kinds of uh, uh, references. And I'm not saying Rich made those, but uh, uh, you know, we heard plenty of them at the time. 
uh, including by some hosts on this radio station, not local ones. But, um, yeah. Back in just a moment here on KGMI Connects, we want to hear from you. 360-676-5464. Don't get stuck inside. Go to Summit Adventure Park, the place for fun, exercise, and birthdays with high-performance trampolines, giant slides, and so much more. Become a monthly member at Summit Adventure Park for just 25 bucks a month and jump all day, every day for just 25 bucks a month. Summit has the best birthday packages in town. Invite all your friends for two hours of fun, including pizza and no cleanup for mom and dad either. And monthly members receive 20% off the best birthday parties automatically. Listen to what Heidi has to say. I'm a grandmother with a grandson I love to spoil. We've hosted his last two birthday parties at Summit, and it couldn't have been easier or more fun. I just went online, booked the date, entered the number of guests, selected a few fun options, and it was done. The staff was awesome that day and couldn't have been nicer. The kids played jumped, ate, and we all got to chill at our reserved birthday table. No pre-prep, no cleaning, and as Lucas says, it's the best birthday present ever. Summit Adventure Park on Meridian next to Home Goods. Hello, folks. This is Phil George. I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney here in Bellingham, and I'd like to invite you to join me every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. right here on KGMI for the Aging Hour. If you have questions about Medicare, Medicaid, long-term care costs, probate, wills, trusts, or anything else that has to do with aging, this is the radio show for you. Studies show that more than 70% of estate plans fail when families need them the most. Join us every Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., and we can show you how to set your family up for success. We're heading across the pond for this week's PNW Perk. Archer's Ale House is back with another PNW Perks deal Thursday at 8 a.m. Whether you're looking for a place to catch the game this season, enjoy some truly incredible food, or looking to have a great time in general, Archer's Ale House is the hottest place around. Stop in for dinner and a pint, stay for trivia and karaoke. Serving a rich, hearty menu, rotating beers, an extensive bottle list, seasonal cocktails, and a new late-night menu. It's European pub vibes right here in the Pacific Northwest. This Thanksgiving, Archer's will be open 10 a.m. till 10 p.m., starting with a proper Irish breakfast, then serving up a traditional all-you-can-eat feast starting at 2. So you can leave the cooking and cleaning to someone else and enjoy the day with your friends or come make some new ones. Stop by the Archer Ale House on 10th and Harris in Fairhaven. The Archer Ale House, changing the game. Thursday at 8 a.m., spend $25 and get 50 bucks to spend at Fairhaven's favorite pub, the Archer Ale House. Visit pnwperks.com for details. Hi, this is Marcia Neal with Guided Solutions, formerly Vibrant USA. If you are on Medicare or if you and your family are on individual health insurance, the time to call us is now. You have a short window of time each year to review your health insurance coverage. To be sure you have the most cost-effective coverage for 2024, give Guided Solutions a call at 866-733-5111 and our helpful agents will be happy to assist you. We're taking your calls live on KGMI Connects. 360-676-5464. Appreciate you being with us, and we have time to take your call here at KGMI Connects. Robert in Linden. Oh, we lost Robert in Linden. Let's go to John in Bellingham. Hi, John. Hey, Joe. How's it going today? Doing very well. I just wanted to respond to a couple things I heard. Uh, one, I applaud John. In Ferndale for lifting up the love of Christ in people's mind. The other thing is, I want to, you know, real shout out and uh, to all the cows in our country that produce all the milk. Okay, they're really they are heroes, whether people recognize it or not. And uh, because when 
mammals are little. Warm-blooded mammals are little. Like, that's what we are, too, humans. Uh-huh. Um, they need two things most of all. They need a mom, and they need some milk. <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> so we can talk all big and strong after we're, you know, years later, but we were all once helpless little infants. Mm-hmm. We always have to keep tra- keep track of that. The other thing is, I just, I, and I'm not going to, this is in no way uh, uh, trying to poke, poke at anybody, but, and I'm not even sure Michelle meant it, but most of the food that we eat is uh, done with minimum wage labor. You're probably right, yeah. I mean, by and large, I mean, if we're talking about those who harvest our, our crops, our farm workers, um, yeah, and, and up, through yeah. The, up through the line, uh, they're probably some Here's of the, the lower-scale lower workers. You're out in the, when you're out in the field or up in the trees picking the fruit or whatever, there's, there's no end to the people lining up to get the job to move it with a machine after it's been hand-placed in some container. Mm-hmm. But there's no way to get it from the plant to the container without having somebody working with minimum wage. Maybe they're from Mexico. We love our Mexican neighbors. Uh, you know, uh, at least I do. I've worked with many of them in the field. And it's rewarding work. But, you know, we always have to remember that, you know, our life comes from the earth. That's how we sustain ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people don't like to get on their hands and knees and get, you know, in the mud and the dirt to do the required necessary. But they are the real heroes in my mind. You know, and I say that, you know, um, I just want to remind, I just want to say that because okay. I'm really talking about, you know. Yeah, appreciate it, John. Those cows are my personal heroes. Okay. Well, and, and the people that tend them. Well, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. The, that's the magic of the human experience. It's our social nature, how we interact, how we uplift others around us. All right, John. Well, I appreciate your call. Some good points. And I, 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 I mean, sure, the cows, I think. But, uh, yeah, let's honor those who do work uh, some really difficult jobs for not a whole lot of money. And I think um, uh, Robert made a good uh, point earlier as well that not everyone strives to, as he said, climb the corporate ladder or their goal isn't to make a lot of money and uh, they shouldn't be looked down on that uh, for that. Uh, Many people struggle just because they're doing what they feel they're called to do, whether it's, uh, I mean, work for nonprofits or other organizations that don't pay a whole lot that uh, I was going to say something about my employer, but no, I won't. I I really love working here and uh, it's been a great honor to be able to be part of KGMI and the Cascade Radio Group for all these years. And that's the thing too. I mean, I, I think about by myself, I've done what I've enjoyed and what I felt my calling was. And I, sometimes stop and think, well, could I have made more money? I used to work for, for a marketing company back in way back in the day and um, I made pretty good money for and when I was younger. And I, I sometimes think, you know, if I had stayed with them, I'd be may, have been making a lot more money. But a lot of things in my life would have been different. I wouldn't have uh, met my wife and things like that. So, um, and done some really amazing things that I've had the opportunity to do because of the kind of the, what I, the direction I chose. And 
and it didn't wasn't always determined by how much money I'd make. This is going back to how I started the show, talking about this uh, uh, family leave program that we have here in Washington State uh, that uh, was disparaged by uh, uh, an article on the Washington Policy Center website uh, saying that uh, those who earn under $18 an hour make or they only receive 12% of the benefits, but they're paying less into the program. And they're not because upper, uh, higher, higher wage earners are, are receiving a higher percentage of the payouts from this program doesn't mean that those folks are being charged anymore. They're not being taxed anymore. They're, you know, they're, they're paying into the program like everybody else. And that's what a program, pooling our money into a program like this is, uh, what it's for. And the whole idea of it, whether it's Social Security or Medicare, um, we're, we're pooling our funds so uh, we can enjoy the benefits when we need them. And it doesn't mean we'll need them. Uh, I would like to go through life without having to take time off for an illness or a family member's illness. Having a baby would be a different thing, but um, uh, the program when we had ours, it wasn't, inva- wasn't available. So. So it goes, but uh, now I pay into the program just like everybody else, and I it doesn't really you know bother me. I wanted to say one other thing too. I've been you know seeing a lot about. I was just seeing on. Uh, so we always have a TV going here in our studio, and uh, seeing pictures from uh, Gaza and the tragedy that's occurring there, and will go on. And uh, yeah, I had the thought too, because I. Cause I, I I would like to see a uh, some sort of a, if not a ceasefire, at least a, a halt in in the uh, uh, violence, if possible, and uh, more aid getting to people. And you know, people, you know, there's been so much um, heaped on to you know so much vitriol heaped on to Israel for its response. But I think, you know, Hamas has to take uh, uh, a lot of the blame for what's happening there. They knew this was going to happen. Hamas did. Uh, They knew that their people, that the Palestinian people, those in Gaza, the civilians, the children, the the elderly, the women, whoever, that these people were all going to suffer and many would die because of their actions on uh, that day in October. Uh, They knew that beforehand and they counted on it. You know they did. Uh, and that uh, they counted on this response from the world toward Israel's response, which they knew was going to happen. And um, so we have to keep that in mind, um, that uh, it's, it's just a horrible situation all the way around. But, and no, uh, no easy solution, obviously, but it's unfortunate that um, uh, people are caught in, in the middle of this and I guess those are my thoughts for the day, and I appreciate everyone else's. And I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Be sure and get your ballot filled out if you possibly can. Get into a ballot drop box and make sure it's counted. Once again, we'll have um, our election coverage tomorrow evening. The first count of ballots will come out at uh, just a little after 8 o'clock from our Whatcom County Auditor's Office. These important local races. You have time to get your ballot in before 8 o'clock tomorrow evening, and hope you have a great rest of your Monday.